Hello, everyone. Today is April 28th, 2022, and we just received a report from the Bureau of Economic Analysis that was a contraction of minus 1.4% in the economy, the first quarter GDP of 2022. I wanted to get um, comments from Gay, um, her last name is Kororoton. She is the National Association of Realtors. She's one of their senior economists. She's also the director of housing and commercial research. And she had a lot of comments that were really important. So we're going to be sharing her perspective in just a moment. Am I, am I okay? Yeah, you look great. All right. Thanks so much for joining me today. I really liked your commentary. It was quite different from a lot of the talking heads that we're hearing out there. So let's talk about uh, the news today, which, is, of course, is the contraction in the economy. And um, just, you know, give me your comments and your take on that. I'm assuming you were kind of expecting it or was it a surprise? Well, to me, it was a, a surprise. Um, I, I didn't think that uh, consumption would uh you know, fall that far. But, you know, first of all, GDP did contract by 1.4%. Now, the good news is the headline figure for personal consumption increased. But if you look at the, uh, if you parse it out, uh, you see that uh, consumer spending really declined on those essential items, food, uh, clothing. Uh, and, and what was uh, increasing were this, uh, I think, one-off expenditures like yeah. motor vehicle purchases, recreational vehicles. Um, and to me, if, if people are trying uh, to cut down on these essential items, uh, pretty soon you'd have also uh, a decline in this, what you call non-essential items. And, and so that was uh, what was worrying to me about this figure. The headline figure was uh, great, but uh, if you look deeper, um, you know, something is happening with consumer spending. And, and if you look also at, at the income in just nominal terms, um, yeah. uh, personal income fell. And that is just in nominal terms, uh, not even adjusting for inflation. Um, so um, it, it's, uh, it's difficult for consumers and, and they're trying to tighten their belts. And um, so I think, as I said, I'm, I'm kind of worried now about the pernicious effect of inflation on the economy. And, you know, you also pointed out that people are having to dip into their savings. So, you know, what we're hearing is we're hearing the contraction, but then everybody's saying, but consumer spending was strong and they haven't really drilled into it. You were your commentary. That's why I wanted to put you on here so fast was the first one to say, hey, it was driven by one off items and we're actually seeing a pullback in essentials. And also, you know, your point about uh, personal savings being dipped into. So can we talk a little bit about that as well? Yes. Um, uh, well, you know that with the uh, pandemic, you know, people got a lot of support from, from the federal government, right? You had those emergency impact payments. Uh, yeah, two or th- uh, a year ago or two years ago, you had those savings. But now that savings rate has gone down and it's even lower. It's about 6% now. And that is even lower than the pre-pandemic level of 8%. So those oh savings are gone in a sense, you know, there's, uh, I guess for the ordinary folks, there's really no savings uh, to dip into. And that's why you're seeing this contraction in, in your essential spending. Yeah. And, and even that, if there was, uh, in a, yeah. any, uh, I guess even if there was spending, if, if they anticipate a tougher, you know, tougher times ahead, as I said, well, they're all the more that they're not going to spend on this, you know, non-essential one of items, right? They're, they're going to try to stretch that budget. 
Yeah, because I mean, and also one of the other numbers that I saw out of your report was that uh, gasoline expenditures were down. Of course, high prices, it's not a surprise, but, um, you know, everything is high prices. And that can kind of segue into some of your research into housing. I did notice at the bottom of that note that you said housing um, sales are expected to contract. What did you say by about nine percent this year? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, correct. Um, well, first of all, um, households are now being hit by what I call that triple whammy, right? Um, you're facing high mortgage rates. Uh, mortgage rates are, are now above five uh, percent. We're past the historic three percent. Uh, so that's and then you're facing higher prices. So um, even with mortgage rates rising, because inventory is still so tight. Yeah. Uh, prices are still rising at a double-digit pace. Uh, Kay Schiller came out a week, uh, two days ago, right? 20% year-over-year. NAR data is showing the same 15%. So you're facing mm-hmm. high mortgage rates. You're facing high prices. Just to purchase the typical home, you need about uh, $600 more now than you did a year ago. Right. And then on top of that, the third one is, as I said, you, you know, you're facing this higher gasoline prices, higher spending on food. You know, you need about $500 more a month, you know, just to consume that level of uh, uh, consumption that you had a year ago. So, um, you know, uh, households, you know, who would want to purchase a home or who were into the home buying market uh, are going to feel that affordability uh, pinch. Um, now, if you're earning about $92,000, um, you could probably still afford a home. And uh, for those folks, I think it makes sense to buy uh, because mortgage rates are just going to be uh, rising even more. And, and if you wait out, you know, you're going to spend $200 more. But but for other folks, um, you know, they just don't have the, uh, the the resources right now. So so we think on balance, uh, house uh, housing uh, sales are going to go down by about 9%. Home prices, though, because of the tight supply, uh, will still keep rising, but at a moderate pace. Got it. Um, and that's not at all in the same all across. I mean, that's a, ne- a median average nationwide. So where are you really seeing those stronger sales growth? And where is it maybe a little bit more flat or even maybe going down a little bit? Well, it's, um, it's the tertiary and secondary markets that are growing right now. Um, example of a tertiary market like um, San Antonio, Texas, let's just say Texas. We know that Dallas is growing, Austin is growing, uh, but now it's San Antonio, you know, uh, where prices are also starting to rise. In Arizona, we know that Phoenix is hot, but we're also seeing that spill over into Tucson. Uh, mm. Look at uh, the uh, South Carolina market, Spartanburg, um, uh, up in Washington market, uh, Coeur d'Alene. Uh, so it's this uh, secondary tertiary markets that are starting to boom because, uh, well, uh, first of all, I think working from home changed the dynamics. You know, yeah. people can can work from home, move a bit further. You don't have to come to the office five days a week. Uh, but, you know, ju- just the affordability constraint, you know, people are trying to find a, a less expensive place to live. Yeah. And, you know, that work from home trend is something that kind of takes us into real estate, commercial real estate side of things. I just got back from San Francisco and it looks like the vacancy rates are still pretty high there. Um, What are you seeing in commercial real estate in terms of uh, vacancy rates? Oh, correct. In terms of the office, uh, you know, uh, the highest vacancy rates uh, are in San Francisco, New York, um, 
your big cities, uh, Chicago, Washington, D.C., um, you know, those uh, places are still suffering from about, uh, you know, 12% vacancy rate. Uh, New York alone, uh, they have lost about 30 million square feet since wow. the pandemic of occupied space. Same thing for uh, San Francisco. Um, and uh, office rents have not increased. But again, in these other markets like Phoenix, um, Austin, Dallas, you know, outside of this, uh, the big gateway cities, uh, you're seeing uh, office uh, demand pick up there. Really? That's quite interesting. Now, do you, you know, due to the low transaction volumes in commercial real estate, you know, I've seen in the, some of the Fed minutes that they were saying, you know, we really aren't sure if there has been any sort of price impact from all this vacancy because it's just such a low transactional volume. What do you think in terms of the pricing, especially of these cities that see the high vacancy rates? Um, well, at least for those uh, transactions that are occurring, um, the data we're looking at, um, you know, for proprietary data, uh, is showing that uh, prices are up. Uh, but, well, even, you know, the, the Federal Reserve Board publishes that data on price overall. Yeah. You know, prices are up, but these are transactions-based. Um, now, I guess in terms of valuation, the thing is, I also look, analyze cap rates, and I noticed that even with uh, interest rates rising, cap rates kept compressing. So which oh. meant that uh, there's an inverse relationship between your cap rate and your uh, price, right? So prices are still up, uh, I guess, because people are also trying to, um, uh, investors are trying to uh, purchase these properties right now while they're, you know, relatively cheap. But um, at least for those transactions, as I said, they're up. Uh, cap rates have, are continue to depress even with uh, interest rates rising. Okay. So is, is the volume increasing or is it still fairly tepid? Uh, you know what? It's also increasing. Uh, but wow. uh, here it is. If we break down where the increase is coming from, it's essentially in multifamily and industrial. Those are your hottest markets right now. Um, so sales uh, for multifamily because of high uh, mortgage rents, um, you know, there's that incentive for people to remain as renters for now. Um, and uh, investors are also moving into the single family rental market. So uh, lots of transactions, volume for uh, multifamily and single family rentals and for industrial properties. Um, because this uh, boom in e-commerce and also the shift from what I call the just in time to just-in-case inventory management, I think, is mm. pushing uh, that uh, demand for industrial property. Yeah, you know, industrial, if, if you look at rent growth, apartment rents are rising about 11%, yeah. industrial 11%, vacancy rates for industrial are at the lowest uh, rate, 4%, uh, similar for multifamily. And, and so that low vacancy rate, uh, you know, just shows you... Uh, this imbalance between uh, the demand and supply um, for these uh, two types of property assets. What do you think is going to happen with these uh, vacant office, office buildings or what are you, what trends are you seeing there? Um, you know what? So, so there's a lot of talk about converting them, right? Converting them from, uh, um, you know, from office to residential. Uh, but, uh, I looked again at the rent differential of your class B office rents in let's just say San Francisco, yeah, uh, and also Washington D.C. If you were to convert this class B offices, you know, 
provision the office, uh, make, uh, use it for adaptive reuse for residential. And if you compare that rent for class A, the, um, the uh, rent for your uh, class A um, is not that much different yet from the, uh, from the rent that you're getting on the office rent. So essentially, even if rents have not dropped that much yet uh, to encourage uh, that shift. Um, now in places, I think like Chicago, I think Chicago is the most uh, well poised for that conversion, but uh, mm-hmm. San Francisco um, uh, rents, uh, that rent differential somehow doesn't cut it yet. Yeah. Yeah, probably the long-term leases are playing into that, that correct. companies haven't yet figured out what they want to do with that. Correct, correct. So it'll take time, uh, and yeah, people are still in that. Well, I'm, I'm going to see, right? Maybe I can still, uh, uh, I'll see whether, you know, there's going to be a renewal for these leases. Uh, but uh, yeah, for now, uh, the, the fundamentals are not yet uh, driving this uh uh, driving this big shift from from conversion of office into residential, uh, uh, but but we'll see. You know, as I said, uh, the work from home um, is a major factor. Uh, Going to be a uh, it's a game changer, right? Not just in terms of the uh, office market, but also in terms of the residential market. Big t- and so you think it's here to stay? I think so. Yes, uh, m- most likely it's going to be hybrid rather yeah. than a full work uh, from home. Uh, but um, yeah, it's here to stay. Um, you know, companies are already offering that. And if you, and even if you don't want to, a company out there is going to hire, uh, I mean, employees are going to want to work for companies that are willing to offer that benefit. Yeah. Uh, I myself, I have lost, I have lost an employee <laughs> because of that. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's, yeah, yeah and, and, I mean, and, and, and people people have already shown that they can work productively, right? Yeah. Well, also, and this is one of the few times in you know decades when it's back to labor having a big say in the matter, right? Uh, you know, when you have such a tight market and there's a you know companies are competing for talent. You know, Correct. you you have to kind of come up with what they want, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. The latest data is showing that there are about two job openings. For every job seeker, so wow. yeah, there's there's a tough competition uh, for labor. Yeah. Well, um, okay, so let's talk about the potential for the R word. Of course, we're not in a recession yet, but do you are you worried about that? Do you think our next quarter is going to be a contraction as well? Um, you know, we have seen some uh, data coming in from Goldman Sachs, thirty five percent, but in, over the next two years, chance of recession. What do you, what do you think? Peering into your crystal ball. Um, it's, it's possible we might see another uh, negative growth. Um, um, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to project far beyond next quarter. Uh, but as I said, you know, um, consumers are feeling that, that pinch, you know, they're yeah. feeling that hit. And so, um, they're just trying really to adjust. And as I said, personal income fell you know, in, in, without even adjusting for inflation. So, um, um, you know, I, it's a possibility. I hope we don't get there, uh, which is why I think that uh, the Fed right now uh, will be more aggressive in terms of uh, cutting back, uh, in terms of clamping down um, on, on inflation, battling inflation, because uh, I think the pernicious effect of inflation um, is already rearing its ugly head. It, it's showing. So, um yeah. Um, yeah. 
I mean, we're all expecting 50 basis points, uh, the next one and, and probably the following one. Uh, what do you think the Fed fund rate goes to 2.4 this year? And then what happens to mortgages? What are your numbers you're projecting? Um, so, I mean, even in December of last year, right, when they came yeah. up with their March March numbers, they were already looking at 1.9% federal funds rate. So I think 2.25, you know, an extra, you know, is... It's, it's not impossible. I, I think it, it, it's conceivable. Um, and then uh, mortgage rates, um, you know, I, I, I can see it reaching as high as I think 6% by the wow. end of the year. Yes. Um, but um, I mean, if you look at it, it's something that's also going to be healthy for the market, right? Because prices right now are growing at about 15 to 20%. Wages are rising by 5%. Yeah. It's not sustainable when you have uh, home prices uh, growing triple the amount of, of wage gains. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I know that from a, you know, from a mortgage interest rate perspective, buying right now might be a good idea. But, I mean, people are going to be buying at historic highs as well, right? So do you think that people need to be a little price conscious as well? Uh, sorry, you meant historic highs for prices? Yes, in terms of housing. Oh, uh, well, you know, um, I, I think nationally, we don't really see prices falling. So I think uh, nationally, at least, uh, uh, you know, we'll continue to see house prices still rising because of this tight inventory supply. Um, yeah. So even if uh, demand falls uh, because inventory is just so tight, uh, yeah. two months of supply, uh, we think that a tight level of inventory is going to provide that floor for prices. Uh, so I don't uh, really see prices coming down, you know, nationally. Uh, so some, uh, some markets we have seen, like Los Angeles, we have seen uh, prices fall, but, but on a nationwide scale, you know, uh, I don't anticipate that. Uh, and the latest data we have from our, from our realtors, uh, the March survey that we had. Uh, so even with interest rates already rising, yeah. there's about five offers per home sold. And, and, That's crazy. Yeah. And, and, and no, but this is because uh, those who can afford are anticipating this further rise in mortgage rates next year, right? Yeah. So, so, the, yeah. so if you have that income, you're trying to beat that mortgage rate. Um, so again, uh, sales will fall, but in terms of prices, um, uh, our uh, our assessment of the market is that that this tight supply condition is still going to put a, a floor um, uh, on 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 prices. And I have one last question for you. And then, of course, if you have any final comments, but um, what are we seeing in terms of people spending maybe a, reaching a little too far in their budget or not? Um, are we seeing of these uh, affordability measures where, you know, maybe that's why people are having to dip into their savings that they're maybe taking on a little bit too too much? What are you seeing in the data there? Um, you know, I mean, when I saw car spending go up, right, motor vehicle spending go up or recreational services, I'm like, why? Yeah. But, yeah, probably those decisions were done long ago, right? You had planned your trip, you know, six months yeah. ago, you know. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think that, again, it, it's uh, people are rational in a sense, right? You're not going to keep spending on these non-essential items, um, you know, if, if you're trying to cut down on even the essential items. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I'm going to give you the last word. Anything that you want to say about whether it's housing or commercial real estate or even, um, you know, just the economy in general and all the things, of course, that are swirling around <laughs> uh, war, inflation. I mean, it, uh, high high gasoline prices that almost feels like the late 70s a bit here. Correct. Yeah, you, you know what? You're, you're right. You just said it all, right? We're facing several headwinds right now. You know, we're facing the global tension headwinds, um, and, and the exports, uh, we didn't talk about exports, but we did see exports decline. You know, of course, um, the economy is in a period of adjustment right now. But I think the good news is that the Fed is trying to battle inflation. So yeah. that, you know, uh, to set a, 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 a good path for the economy moving forward. So, so we're in this period of adjustment. I think we're going to, the economy is going to uh, get into this period of adjustment uh, at least this year, maybe yeah. middle of next year. But after that, uh, we'll continue to see, um, I think, slower inflation, um, um, a more normal, uh, an economic growth, you know, um, a more normal spending where people don't have to, you know, deal with that sudden surge in, in inflation and in prices. Um, it's, it's a period of adjustment that the economy is going um, through right now. Yeah. And, and, uh, but you know what? I'm very hopeful the Fed is, you know, trying to balance everything, um, you know, trying to make sure that, um, inflation is controlled, but, uh, we, the economy doesn't contract too much. But to me, really, right now, when I saw the numbers, um, you know, the Fed is always trying to say we'll balance growth and we'll balance inflation. I think right now um, the focus really has to be on fighting inflation. Well, thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for your uh, excellent commentary. I really, uh, oh. I really thought that it set itself apart. So thank oh. you. Thank you so much, Patricia. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Talk to you Thanks. soon. Yeah. Bye okay. now. Bye-bye. Okay. So again, that was my interview with Gay Kororoton, and she is the National Association of Realtors Senior Economist, Director of Housing and Commercial Research. If you would like more interviews like this, a couple months ago, I interviewed Lizanne Saunders. She was the chief investment strategist or is of Charles Schwab. We often interview Howard Silverblatt, a very, um, you know, very open, very transparent and very knowledgeable with a lot of experience. He is the senior index analyst of the S&P 500 or S&P Dow Jones Industries. Uh, we have many ex- experts on this program. So please do follow me at youtube.com forward slash Natalie Pace. Also go to nataliepace.com. And as a reminder, if you'd like to join me for my retreat, where we have time proven 21st century strategies, both to save thousands of dollars annually in your budget with smarter big ticket choices, as well as how to protect your wealth while diversifying and getting hot, Our next retreat is June 10th through the 12th, 2022. It's online, so you can attend from anywhere. Early bird pricing ends April 30th. So be sure to check it out now at nataliepace.com. Again, all you have to do is go to nataliepace.com and click on the retreat banner ad. You'll get all of the 18 things that you're going to learn and master at the retreat. You will also get pricing information. And again, you're going to save a boatload of money by registering by April 30th and bring a friend because that we really incentivize friends and family to come together. So thanks again for joining me again. It's Natalie Pace 
at nataliepace.com and youtube.com forward slash Natalie Pace. You can follow all of my social media at nataliepace.com. Just click on it. You know how to access those icons. And I will see you again in just a few minutes because we're going to have another webinar on whether or not we're going to have a recession and also a bond warning. So you don't want to miss that. Thanks again.